0: Welcome back to Bad Boys and Beyond. I am your host, Mike Payton. With me, as always, is Keith Black Trudeau. Things are a little bit different in this episode. We're we're, we're doing something different. We're trying something new here. We are doing a watch-along. And we're doing a watch-along of the 1988 Detroit Pistons Bad Boys uh, year-end review video yearbook, whatever you'd like to call it. Uh, And I could not be more excited about doing this Keith, uh, do you have any memories of this video? Because I I certainly do. um, But do you have any childhood memories of this video?
1: Uh, A million of them, because I must have rented this video a million times uh, from Blockbuster uh, before my mother finally caved in and bought it for me uh, a a few years later. As the season was going on, I was watching Pistons games but I was too young to really understand or remember what was going on. So a few years later, as I was really getting into getting myself involved with learning the sport and learning the history, this, this tape was just, it was just such an awesome uh, reference uh, guide for me. And yeah, you mentioned it being a yearbook. It's interesting because the NFL for, for decades, longer than most of us have been alive has made a lot of money off of doing team-focused uh, yearbook uh, video reviews that they used to relate, release on VHS. And around the, uh, around the late 80s, the NBA looked at that and decided, you know, why don't we dip our toes in the water? So they did, and for this season, 87, 88, they did uh, multiple vi- uh, team-focused yearbooks. Not the entire league, mind you, but I know there was one from Atlanta. There was one for Dallas. Uh, there was certainly one for the Lakers. There was one for the Bulls. And there was one for the Pistons. There may be one or two that I'm missing, but I know those for a fact exist. I've seen them all. And I guess they didn't do terribly well because they didn't try it again the next year. But this one in in particular, the the Bad Boys, the NBA sold a ton of these. They made a killing off of it. And here's the ultimate irony that I love to point out. Every time we we watch uh, documentaries that feature the Bad Boys as this villain antagonist that the NBA – uh didn't want to associate themselves with. Who do you think came up with the name bad boys? It was the NBA. NBA Entertainment produced this video. The Detroit Pistons did not produce it. The NBA essentially coined the phrase bad boys and the Pistons just leaned into it. Yeah. Uh, as you'll see, as you'll see in this tape, they they are not referred to as bad boys once in this video. It, it was, you know, the Raiders or they're they're trying to find an identity that associated themselves with toughness, but the the term bad boys didn't come about until that following summer when this tape came out. And then from that point on, they were known as the bad boys and the NBA profited a great deal from that until it became profitable to disassociate themselves from that. I just want everyone to notice the hypocrisy uh, that the NBA produced and made a lot of money selling this video that they, that they called bad boys.
0: Well uh for me the story is a little bit different. I was given this tape by my uncle Jim. The reason why is because my uncle Jim is in this video. Uh you will see him. I will point him out and you it is a pretty iconic Pistons fan moment that you'll totally recognize. It was in the uh 30 for 30. It's it's in constant Pistons uh anytime they bring up the bad boys, usually this moment is shown. Uh, it, it happened during the Celtics series. Keith, maybe you are starting to realize what I'm talking about. I don't know. Maybe not. I'll point it out later on. Uh, but he gave me this. And I was such a basketball uh, just nerd at the time. I still am, obviously. Uh, that's why we do this show. But I watched this thing over and over and over again until the tape literally would not play anymore. Uh, so this thing is... Is uh, it holds a dear spot in in, in my basketball heart, and I'm very excited that we're going to be watching this today. So uh, without further ado, we're not going to waste any time. Uh, This is our first video podcast. Uh, I know if you're a Spotify member, you're watching us right now on your phone. Um, I don't know if it works that way on Apple or not. It should come across as a regular uh, podcast, and you can join along we'll do like a three two one play thing um we have a youtube page now it's bad boys beyond please go over to it subscribe you can watch this podcast you'll be able to watch the video along with us uh let's have fun with it let's jump right into it
1: yeah let me add one more thing yeah i I just i just want to preface this video i a little while ago i did a, a list of the top 10 uh my my personal top ten best uh, videotapes that NBA Entertainment ever put out. I had Bad Boys number three, and it was by far the highest ranked team focused uh, episode. And granted, I'm biased, but if I were to, if someone were to ask me to explain Pistons culture, this right here exemplifies. This entire video exemplifies Pistons culture. This is where Pistons culture essentially started. The Pistons had no real culture. Uh, before this season and this season really shows you uh how the Pistons went from uh, just a run-of-the-mill uh, mediocre NBA franchise to a flagship franchise that everyone recognized for decades
0: um I'm right right along with you I watched plenty of NBA video this was definitely very high on the list uh Michael Jordan above and beyond was probably second for me um uh, I don't think enough people have seen that one. I think more people have seen the early 90s ones, but this that this one was very good. I got it for as a as a, as a Christmas present. Um but all right. Let's jump right into it. Let's do this. I'm going to go full screen. Keith, how does that look for you? You seen a full uh, screen there? Yes. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to hit play. Ready? If you're if you're not if you're not watching the video on any one of the streaming services and you're going to YouTube I'm gonna do it right now. Three, two, one, play.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Pony. Pontiac- also, I believe this was the day we were, were for the Pistons team nine, final the count. The history. We're hosting the 1988 I, NBA.
0: I absolutely love this. I love this now, intro so much.
1: introducing your Eastern Shout out to Ken Calvert. Oh. I know Mason is everyone's favorite today. East- Ken Calvert. From the- Michigan. Michigan University, Walker D. Russell. God bless Walker D. Russell getting a shout-out. He played in one game that season. (laughs) Ralph Lewis, after this season, would be selected in the expansion draft by the Charlotte Hornets over Vinnie Johnson, who he left unprotected. So thank you, Ralph Lewis, for that.
0: I can't imagine Chuck Nevitt got a whole lot of uh, notoriety outside of this.
2: Was in, a dump in his second year from Southeast Oklahoma State, Everybody's favorite. In his ninth year from Baylor, Johnson. Did not
1: have a great season, Vinnie Johnson, by his name. There's, there's a reason why that Hornets could have taken him in the expansion draft and passed.
2: At the other forward in his eighth year from Hampton Institute,
0: Lane beer, not Lamb beer. Lane beer.
1: Yeah, he puts a last on. Him. Yep. That's yeah, his. Yeah, that's Ken favorite uh, call. Thomas.
0: Oh God, I love this. I'm just so in my element right now. And that it's because of this video that I know who Mike Abdnauer was when I was a kid. Are we the bad boys? <laughs> hey, they said bad boys. Keith, you you lied to me. We like a hockey team. If I want to say, just win, baby. Whatever it takes. When you got a Detroit Pistons uniform on, you got to be proud to wear it. And you just got to have that certain little edge in your system that makes you real special.
1: Yeah, but that was done into the
0: season. There's the check. Oh! Good dives.
1: That is the most reckless dive into the stands I've ever oh, seen really?
0: in my life. That, without, that, without question.
1: A player would get fined for doing that, for putting people in jeopardy. <laughs> like The ball wasn't even saveable. What do you do? <laughs> ah, Christmas Day. John Sally dunked on... Uh, I think it was Charles Oakley. Patrick. No. Patrick. No. I think it was Patrick King. If we have to be bad boys, then we gotta act like
0: bad boys. We can use this reputation in two ways. Either we can use it to our advantage, or it's gonna hinder us severely. Lambeer said, okay.
1: I, I want one of those shirts
0: so bad yeah. I cannot find them anywhere. Oakland Raiders,
1: before the Pistons. Yeah, originally their identity was the Oakland Raiders of, like the, tr- of the NBA. Is, right. Is what they tried to go with first. A stirring image of the gridiron's toughest
2: man. Raider owner Al Davis delighted in the comparison and let the Pistons- Are you able to hear me, Keith, does volume sound good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah commitment Great. to excellence nobody likes
0: us so i guess you figure hey we might as well be everybody yeah screw up. the lions
1: apparently <laughs> i don't mind being yeah happy. i always wondered how the lions felt about this but you know what the lions were I don't like that yeah,
0: they were uh, not good at this team, time they, right? they, but, they were so so bad yeah like the
1: raiders detroit sought every first season of rambo get... one a
0: private jet There it is. Provided sufficient for $7. Look at those! Look at those shoes that Chuck Nevitt's got. Look at that tape. TV. All making life on the road
1: easier. It's probably a two thousand dollar TV
2: home was the pistons sanctuary their faithful congregation seeing the silver
0: dome like this it, it i never got to see a pistons game at the silver dome it's it, it's still just it it's crazy to me that they that they brought yeah. people in I mean, look at this well, like,
1: they, they were they were more or less giving tickets away uh we could, because they knew this was their last season at the Silverdome, and they had to split ticket revenue anyway, so they just wanted fans in the seats they didn't necessarily care about the ticket revenue Along the
2: way, the Pistons had the finest regular season in team history.
1: Yeah, they were the first franchise to draw a million fans. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves in their expansion year actually played the Metrodome and outdrew out, them, believe it or not. They, they hold the record. But came up big at both ends
2: of the floor. Sixth man Vinny Johnson came off the bench and gave nightmares to opposing defenses. Meanwhile, Rick Mahorn gave them bruises as he
1: pounded inside for his most productive year as a piston. Yeah, this was by far the best he ever played in Detroit this season. That's it's it's probably the best area he went with one with, without
2: back issues. It's
0: probably the best shape, yeah, the best shape he was ever in.
2: Other milestones were
1: achieved like Bill Laimbeer's growing record as the reigning
0: end. Look at that computer NBA paper with the perforated yeah.
1: edge. Bless that man for printing out that sign.
0: Yep. That must have took like an hour.
1: Uh, Laimbeer's streak would come to an end the following season as he suspended for fighting uh, predatory. Uh I want to say 685 right. was the final for, for Bill. Yeah.
2: Players steadily improved without the effect of a sophomore jinx. Coach Chuck Daly led Detroit to a fifth straight winning year, and in '87-'88, the Pistons had a franchise record 54 wins. But the regular season's
1: biggest moment was a win against New Jersey, which clinched a tie in the Central Division. Yeah, keep in mind, the Pistons you think you think the Pistons have it bad now? They went the first 30 years in Detroit without without winning their division. No yeah. good! <laughs> It, it's, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to give everyone context behind this ridiculous celebration. Yes, this is all... <laughs> simply winning the division was seen as an impossible goal for the yeah. Detroit Pistons. For, for reference, it has only been 15 years since the Pistons last won the division. So basically, take the drought that they're currently on and double it, and then you'll get you'll get what what Piston fans went through. It's Uh, hilarious. It's It's
0: hilarious that they they found out the results of the other game over the phone. They Uh, all gathered around. On radio, yeah.
1: Someone had Radio League
2: Pass.
1: Apparently. What are the chances you could find a 1988 Central Division championship shirt? I, I would pay i will be honest with you I would I would pay for an original. I would because yeah, I, 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 I think that was think that was a signature moment in the history of the team in the playoffs and we was still a very determined and hungry basketball team. That's the important thing. The journey matters. It's not just championship or nothing. The journey on the way to getting there matters as much as getting there.
2: Suddenly a now it's interesting,
1: the Pistons actually very easily could have lost this series. The video glosses you know, over the back, they were down a point with nine seconds left in game two, and Isaiah Thomas hit a ridiculous shot over over Jeff Malone to win the game. But they, they could have easily lost the series three games
2: choreography. The Pistons again looked
1: like... Yeah, once they got to five, it was it was over. The Bullets shot 30%. He shot 26 or 85. They just didn't have anything. I think Moses made like two baskets.
2: Hey, there's my Look guy. My dude vacation. Moses Malone right there. By having their two big guns silenced, Tried to talk Keith into doing a Moses
1: Malone episode. Maybe we'll do it they
2: took the Pistons to the limit, testing Detroit's medals and sharpening
1: them for their next opponent. Well, this was at the point where Moses Mullen wasn't nearly as good as he used to be, but he was still opening up numbers, so people were still kind of cool.
0: Right. And Fresh
1: from of thinking he was still a superstar, so teams kept giving him chances.
2: The guy literally is embarrassing the league. He's that good. He's a phenomenal player. Uh, there isn't anything he can't do. And, uh, i watched very carefully the cleveland it's series, interesting to, to
0: get myself, a glimpse of jordan before he I was you know really jordan Joe he was just a really good saw. young player Z- i mean
1: the year before this he ever which is 37 points a game. I think he was always Jordan.
0: But Jordan I know, but he's he, days, he's not a champion yet. He's not, you know. Right,
1: but th- this season he won the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, scoring champion. Only guy ever to do that. Michael Jordan all the time. Like, from an individual accomplishment standpoint, 88 was the peak of his career. Have you seen Air yet? I have not. I, I want oh, to. I, I, I'll spoil one little Chicago's part of that
0: movie where he's on the phone with Michael Jordan's mom. She's telling how he's gonna win the. I'm gonna pause it for a flow, She's saying how how Michael's gonna win the MVP and the scoring championship and the defensive player of the year and and Matt Damon's like, well, oh, Mrs. Jordan, that's just you know uh, Sydney Moncrief is the defensive player of the year and Adrian Dantley is the scoring champion. You can't be both guys. It, it's just it's just not possible. And uh, well, Michael showed us that it's pretty dang possible
1: yeah a lot of people think the nba just gave him that but if you if you look at his his steals and block he he was the first guy to record i think 200 steals in 100 blocks ever and then he did it again the second season so it's, it's not like he wasn't it's not like he was getting that defensive player of the year award based on reputation i mean he was really burning the candle at both ends at least until he hit, he hit his late 20s and was able to give him a rest all
0: right all right let's keep
2: rolling so he won the opener just about every play down is for him and that makes it real difficult because you never get to let up where on
0: other teams you know guys are going to get the ball 10 times in a row you can help out on defense you can afford to to a little bit more but with him it's high intensity Notice
1: you don't see a lot of Scottie Pippen in this video.
0: No, you really don't.
1: Yeah, but poor Scottie was a rookie this season, and he had some decent moments in the series, but for the most part, Adrian Danley just ate him alive. It just wasn't a fair matchup for a rookie.
2: Because it's gem tonight.
1: In Chicago, the Pistons continued to press... Yeah, the Bulls were held under 80 points in both of these games on their home court. And games 3 and 4, the Pistons just hammered them both times.
0: Un- unthinkable for, for
1: Michael Jordan. Like, they didn't even have a chance to win either game. ...in the next contest with nine unanswered points. Nailing down you see stuff like this, Chicago. and, you know, it's, it's,
0: it's obvious why you know Michael can't stop talking I about I Isaiah after all these years. back home.
1: Uh, knowing the great player that Jordan is, uh, we advice the life, you know. And uh, this is Like when the Bulls won games t- doing Detroit, people thought it might be a real series, and then the Pistons just went to Chicago and completely destroyed their confidence.
2: And lead the team in offensive rebound. And down the stretch, Bill Lambier can 13
1: straight. Giving the team unexpected time off before the next uh, points, not shots, but yeah. Bill Ambier was great in the
2: second. The, the Pistons rarely experienced good fortune playing in Boston. The here was home to 16 World Championships, and Detroit had lost on the parquet floor
1: twenty-one straight times. Yeah, their last win prior to this was 1983, so five years. Banners
2: ...were reminders of victims' past and a gloomy specter to future challengers of Celtic glory.
0: Get ready to relive Detroit some stuff.
2: ...disturbing moments occurred a year ago, and those haunting memories seemed all too fresh. My first real memory of it as a this
1: fan was the birds to kill. I was
0: too young for this.
1: I was too young for it, but I unfortunately still remember it. But we went over this this moment back in detail in the Pistons-Celtics rivalry episode.
2: Play took its toll. If you haven't
1: heard it yet, look it up. It, it's yep. pretty good.
2: There they
0: are, laying on the ground. <laughs>
1: yep. Two concussions for two teammates on the same play in a game. Just knowing that we felt- incredible work of bad luck there. In 1988, Lady Locker. Now, to set the stage, the Celtics were by far the most efficient offensive team in the NBA this season. They were the number one offense by a good margin. However, because they were a little bit older and that they had no bench, uh, defensively, they weren't, they were very vulnerable. I'll put it that way. For them to
0: win. Hey, it looks like Aaron Rodgers but has because a we
1: really, we, because we really didn't have a, a points per possession focus in the 1980s, and the Celtics played a slow pace. It wasn't really interpreted that way.
0: Even though everybody's telling us that we're not,
1: it, they were seen as a as a tough defensive team, and they really weren't. They were just the execute, a team that and in the half court, <laughs> and that's really where you see the Pistons striking even
2: more. <laughs> I hate and to get, I hate to get
0: too off of, of Pistons stock, but if you read the ticker down there, this thing was recorded a long time ago. This video. <laughs> Yeah. They're talking about Brett Vikings, Brett Favre. Uh is is starting tonight or something like that. It's uh Wow. Okay.
1: Attrition.
0: Oh. Physical series.
1: Yeah, very physical. But in general, this series now, is more about the Pistons just By having more, more offense the week, than the Celtics. Bird took shots out of frustration. Like Bird, this is Larry Bird's worst series of his career. That wasn't affected by injury. By far. He shot 35%. He was awful. And he, he wrote in his book himself, this is the worst series he ever had. That they just frustrated him. But the Pistons won this first game. They broke the streak by shooting 56% in the Boston Garden in the playoffs. I was really disappointed. I was in the locker room. Like that, that's something that you just don't do.
0: I knew we had a chance to win that game. Um, I felt I could be part of it. Uh, fortunately, we have an outstanding bench.
1: Like Isaiah and Adrian Danley were just money this whole series, especially in Boston. Lambeer's hustle
2: did not disappear when he was replaced by James Edwards. The 11-year veteran played like a rookie with something to prove.
0: Now, now I am now I am realizing what you what you said before the show uh, sorry to Keith this this yeah. isn't the, the full video you're right because I they they talk about James Edwards getting traded to Detroit and he talks about it and there's a video of him in Phoenix I remember that now
1: yeah. uh, interesting thing um do you know what James Edwards said he was doing when he got the phone call he that he'd been traded
2: What's
1: that? Uh, he said he was playing The Legend of Zelda. Oh,
2: really?
1: He was in the middle of playing the original Legend of Zelda. I don't know why he felt the need to be specific on that. But that's, what he's, that's what he was
2: quoted as. Once the playoffs started, so that's why we traded
1: Jack
0: James Edward. Uh, uh, that's all we talked about when we first acquired him was how much he could help against Boston, because uh, we assumed we we're going to meet Boston in the playoffs, and we knew we needed one more big post-up player to go at their big front line. After oh never mind here
1: hardship. it is they're that showing it Bruce to us right now for the to play
0: i'm the just confused uh, maybe this is the full video maybe it, it's not
1: it, no this is definitely an incomplete version but you're, you're getting all the basketball stuff there's some off-court interview stuff that, that has been cut out for for tv this, this is an espn classic we broadcast quickly
2: learn detroit's hustling style
1: I was scrambling for a ball with Dennis Johnson, who I played with. Now, now the interesting thing is that James Edwards was very much known as a finesse big that didn't want to rebound, didn't want to play defense. yeah now we started. Outstanding low post score. Had one of the most unstoppable post fades in the history of the game. That's why the Pistons got him. But you know, when he joined when he joined this this team, he got a lot better defensively. He didn't have a choice. Was That's the only way you were going to play for Chuck Daly.
2: Or would it be a perfect motivator? They know this is probably the most important game of the season for them. They can't afford to go two down. We look for a uh, terrific game. Oh,
1: this game hurts.
2: Yeah. It's the, a rough the, one. the
1: Pistons honestly should By capitalized... have swept the Celtics in this series. They were that much better. And the, the Celtics just fluked their way into two wins. And this is Boston one of them. Showed the bravado
2: to match Detroit in physical play. Once again, they looked like the invincible men of the parquet, yet they were unable to shake those pistons.
1: Because Boston really didn't play consistent defense to
2: but distance between As a result,
1: even when they were playing well. These arose for the fast break, where
2: Detroit overwhelmed Boston by a 22 to 7 margin slowly detroit gained a fourth quarter lead execution was solidly on their side but luck was not as danny ames fuck is sp- never on the distance
1: side
0: no
2: if the boston
0: garden was planning suddenly to danny age is, is, is uh, uh, pistons, uber athletic and, see and see doing things like in. that
1: well danny age was a great athlete i'm i'm not going to take that other thing, but that was a full cool job. Now, right here, it's a tie game. Isaiah Thomas hits a three-pointer with just a few seconds left, puts the Pistons up three. It looks like they're going to go up 2-0, come back to Detroit, close it out in four. Detroit almost tasted And the Celtics just trip over themselves and get a win.
2: On the verge of an inconceivable second straight playoff loss at the Garden, there was only enough time for one shot, and even by Celtic standards, they were in need of a miracle. The plan was to free Larry Bird in three-point range, but the inbounds pass. And given how he played in that series, he probably would have
1: missed. Before the ghosts of Celtics past were. But no, it goes to Kevin Bleepy McHale. Gosh damn, Kevin McHale, who steps who steps on the three-point line. And- it's, it's not called, which I don't have. He, like he had a pinky on the three-point line, and they didn't have replay, so I'm not going to blame the refs. Uh, uh,
0: Officially, it's just at this that, time we're still trying to figure out what career. the three-pointer was. That was a, that was a fluky example. Kevin
1: McHale of all people had one three-pointer, I think, for his entire career to that point. we'd won the game. We felt we played hard enough to win. The <laughs> game. Throws it yeah, and the Pistons go on to lose in overtime.
0: The three-point line had only been around one game since, of what, 80? 83? One of the
1: noisiest... uh, no, the three-point line was installed for the 79-80 season. Oh, okay. I thought it was much. The year, yeah, it was the Bird and Magic's rookie year.
0: Okay. I think uh, we're going to see Uncle Jim here in a second.
1: Okay. I think I know who you're talking
2: about. Fans sense Boston was beatable on the road. And a hung jury was ready to see them draw. There he
0: is, orders. right there. On the right. Wait. He's the guy with the glasses and the beard. They're tearing up the Celtics uh, jacket together. That's Uncle Jim. Yeah, I re- I realize they both have glasses and beards. Uh, my, my uncle's the one with the blue shirt and the, with the white writing on. Gotcha. This is one of his proudest moments. Did, did, he, did he love to
1: point himself on that video?
0: Oh, yeah. From their and now ducking for
1: cover in the Hall of Piston Justice. The attendance for these playoff games, especially in the, the last two rounds, was unbelievable. top of his game, and perhaps like it was, they were getting A national audience was taking one and a half to two times the attendance of, of a max capacity little season. Now, are games
0: live these days or are they on tape delay still?
1: No, they're live. Okay. NBA was big business by this point. That's what I thought. I was out, the 84 finals, I think, was the first one that really was appointment point in TV. And when Robert returned in the third, the Pistons could still do no
2: wrong. But the tide can turn so quickly when the Celtics exploit all their
1: scoring options. After eight straight losses in the Dome. The Celtics team kind of reminds me of the Warriors this year. Where they they have some, oh, they have really good starters, but they have no bench. Their starters are getting up there in years. And they just can't be as great as consistently as they used to.
0: Maybe Robert Parrish will stomp on somebody at some point during this.
1: Like the Pistons were younger, they were more energetic they just had the legs to baskets were to go seven games and the Celtics really did Celtic The Celtic killer right there. Even had time to wipe off the sweat from his brow. Yeah. And the, the, game's the Celtics had, had nobody that could guard Adrian Dantley and both teams. The
2: they see like, me been in twig- like the
1: best defense for the Pistons on Kevin McHale was to get him switched on Adrian Dantley because eight-year-you know, pick up fouls. Example. The Pistons
2: were up two games to one, and critics wondered what was wrong with Boston. The answer was Detroit's defense, which was surrendering less than 100 points per game. Everybody thought things were an offensive. This was back in the day when we never adjusted for pace. Yeah, that's, that's to our advantage.
1: No, no, the Pistons were the best defensive team in the league this season. Way anyway. we'll win the series. But, it was but they, Chuck this season or this series, was a lot of that they were scoring the ball at more easily, easily than the Celtics were.
0: Do not adjust except your to, TVs, folks. This is
1: except for this game.
0: This is a real Benny Hill moment here.
1: Yeah, this game was the one exception where just every jump shot they took, and that's the problem with the Pistons being a jump shooting team in a a low post era, is that you can. Go cold, and this is what happens when you can't get the easy baskets.
0: We would doodle. I don't know. Well, your little kid, you know what doodle is? <laughs> doodle cocky. That's what we were.
1: I've never heard it phrased re- that way ever. <laughs> this video.
0: They would doodle cocky.
1: So fifty seconds left. It's still a tie game. And, and you know the really interesting thing is, if Sally just grabs that ball and shoves it in, it's a basket, right. because you can't have offensive goaltending on a on an inbound pass. The Remember the DeAndre 8 play yeah. a few years ago? But he misses the ball completely, and they have to call it a violation.
0: Like a-
1: Even if he just pantomimed it just a little bit more. Have- that wasn't, that wasn't goaltending, by the way. It just looked bad. Game 5, return to Boston. Now this to me, and I've said this many times on Twitter, this is the most significant game in in the history of the Detroit Pistons, this game right here. If they lose this game, then there's serious questions about the direction of the franchise. Because they had every advantage and they still couldn't get it done. Like they may have broken this team up if if they lose this game, lose the series lost in the year before. Nobody's hair is like Dick Versace's hair. I, I mean, well, I, I think that's a wig. Uh, that's that's you know, a rug, right? Okay. Yeah.
0: We can all agree. It
2: doesn't if you keep reopening the wounds. Should have got when a better one. The Celtics, they bring out the best in you and the worst in you. They make you a better person and a better player. The Daddy Rich, that, go now, that hair is
0: real. We felt strongly that we were the better team. And that we Ron Rothstein,
1: who succeeded Chuck Daly after Chuck left the keep it up fight. He did not necessarily succeed. <laughs> <Anytime laughs> yeah. He succeeded, him, but he did not succeed. And the Celtics do play their best half of the series in this first half, where they, they were just making everything. With creativity. And then the Pistons essentially have a choice: do they want to accept like the bad luck that was happening to them, or they want to fight back?
2: First time. In that series, I didn't think we were really challenging shots. We talked about it at halftime defensively. We weren't. Our work ethic wasn't there. And we talked about, hey. If you want to get back in this game, you can't do it on the the offensive end. You've got to do it on the defensive end. The Celtics' lead extended to as many as 16 points, yet Detroit refused to quit. They pressed
1: flesh against flesh and gradually turned up the heat. And this was as good a half as I think that team was capable of playing. It's the same half. Were held in check.
0: Passing were yeah, it's just a defensive Any lockdown.
1: Inside, shots came yeah. With heavy price tag. <laughs> The Pistons outscored the Celtics 62 to 42 in the second half, including two third, fourth quarter plus overtime. By the end of the third quarter.
0: Look at that. That's, that's, that's beautiful. That is just beautiful defense.
1: That was probably yeah. as intense. The, the Pistons nearly wiped away the entire deficit in just the third quarter. On any level, at any time, in any place, uh, our guys were absolutely incredible in that second half. And it was... Uh, I think Bird may have hit one shot in the second half. I don't recall him hitting more than. That. No matter what they tried, Boston simply couldn't break
2: Detroit's rhythm.
1: Steadily, the Pistons climbed back into contention and kept. Like the, the Celtics actually did have two chances to win the game in the last minute, and Rodman just shut off Bird's water on both times. He missed one shot in the second one, he threw up an air ball. I wish, you gotta, uh, that
0: deal. You, you got to love this ball movement on the fast breaks. I mean, it's just beautiful. I feel like we don't see basketball played like that anymore. And that's, that's I get it. Because everyone's running in the
1: damn three-point line.
0: Everybody's going to stop and pop. I mean, that's, yeah. that's Everyone's you know, running
1: to the three-point line. Bill Ambier can destroy a switch like very few seven quarters. It sounds silly to say but he, he was so technically sound. If he got a mismatch on a guard that was six inches, seven, eight, nine inches shorter than he was, he was an automatic two points. The 119-115 victory was a dream come. Yeah, up. notice Fred Roberts is guarding Adrian Dantley here. It's because Adrian Dantley had already fouled out Kevin McHale. And the Celtics had no one else but Fred Roberts to guard him.
0: No, poor Fred. The door
2: to the finals was open, and Detroit looked to keep Boston out. We had pressure on us to beat
0: Boston because last year, we should have been in the finals. Uh, if we hadn't accomplished
2: that this year by beating them, it would have been a, a disappointing season for us. With so much on the line in game six, both teams looked to their best post-up players. Yeah, the, the, the Pistons starters were kind of nervous. For the Is it, the it me?
1: Did not, the Pistons did not have a great start to this game at all. See
0: Is it me, or do, do 1980s Miami basketball players Boston look incredibly skinny compared to Pistons today? <laughs> like, other nobody other has any muscle on man, mass on them. And where uh, everybody just seems to. I think so, Rick Mahorn so thin might
1: disagree, too. but yeah.
0: You you disagree?
1: I think Rick Mahorn yeah. might disagree.
0: Oh, Rick, yeah, Rick Mahorn. Yeah, I mean he's a big guy uh, before this, but like.
1: Well, like Robert Parrish, he does like karate, or is it uh, judo? I I can't remember which one, but he's a martial artist. So yeah, that's, that's where his skinny build comes from. The
2: yeah, you go, yeah the piston
1: bench. Who found his
0: rhythm early. Cheer him on, Ralph.
1: The, the numbers for this game, the Pistons bench accumulated 52 points and 24 rebounds. The Celtics bench, 19 uh, points uh, and four rebounds. That was the story behind this game. Uh, the playoffs started. The bigger the game, the more hyped I am, the, the more the, the Pistons were just younger, deeper. Too quick,
2: too strong, too focused. And they may have actually
1: wanted it a little bit more in the series. the
2: have seemed to flip a switch and then burn Boston for 24
0: points. Hell of a game for Vinny.
2: Yep. For the ninth time during the playoffs, Detroit had a fourth quarter lead and never gave it up. After a year of hard work,
1: it's really hard to put into context just how important it was for them to beat Boston in this series. That Boston was the boogeyman, not just for Detroit, but for the entire Eastern Conference. That just, this guy could be beaten.
0: To, to put it in other terms, it, it was like when the Lions finally beat the Packers at Lambeau again.
1: You know? well, okay, well, I, I get it, but. Similar. Like it's the, happy Packers were, the Packers weren't the Packers, though, last year.
0: No, I'm talking about the during the... Um, I think it was the 2017 season. The Lions went like 20 some odd years without winning in Green Bay.
1: I'm, I'm willing to bet this is the very last time that an NBA uh, fan base has rushed the court the nba has allowed this to happen <laughs> well no no because it happened with the lakers too technically even though oh. it wasn't like that
0: oh yeah and we're gonna talk we'll about get that, to that. But
1: yeah, yeah. I, I think the after this season the nba put in some some harsh rules about fans entering the court after a game
2: their catalyst
0: was a oh, man, I was hoping that we would get, you know, some of those fun from his days,
1: John Sally with the camera moments. But I guess no, no, dude. they were cut out. Oh. No, man. This, is, this is a edited for TV broadcast.
0: I'm sorry, everybody. You know, this is the only version of this that we could find
1: online. Uh, this is the ultimate... I absolutely love this game this is this might be my favorite game for the entire season just for it sure entertainment value because there was a lot of things being written about how the pistons celebrated too much for beating boston and were they ready for the finals uh were they just happy to be there and they just they just they just put it on the table game one they said here here you go uh here's your here's your 12 to nothing they eight to nothing deficit in two minutes. Here's your, you're down 16 points at halftime, Lakers. Welcome to the finals.
2: you
1: are 17, lead it
2: yeah. Unflustered, the Lakers pulled their veteran experience
1: and stormed out of the box in the third- Absolutely game. nobody expected the Pistons to just smack the Lakers on their own court at 81. And they were near perfect at the free throw line. Reminds me a lot of the 2004 finals when the Pistons weren't taken seriously. In mean, game one, uh, they just made the Lakers miserable. This is a lot like that game.
0: Lakers in four because the Pistons can't score. I'm, I've never felt more vindicated uh, by, well, I mean, up,
1: in the series, by that. The, the, that was it? The, the Pistons defense couldn't. The Lakers were just going to outscore the Pistons. because People still didn't think that a defense first team could win a championship joining him was john sally who smothered
2: byron scott's best effort you know it hmm. snuffed la 6 times including moments when the lakers believe Look at these blocks i mean guys are the
0: they're flying block. they're flying out there rodman was just he was so special man on the flip side green is
1: not liking what he's seeing shut down ad who in yeah, Adrian Danley shot 14 for 16. AC Green gonna, kept that Detroit. Jerry curl until he retired. Poor 20- AC Green. Pat Riley apparently thought that AC Green could handle guarding Adrian Danley, one of the greatest ISO scorers of all time. Uh, he could not. Adrian Danley took 16 and shots against AC Green, made 14 of them. Uh, he was double teamed heavily for the rest of the series. Of
2: Piston confidence. And Laker Concern met at midcourt, reflecting the gravity of a sweep in the forum. But LA was not about to leave town.
0: I think to all NBA players that wear contacts should now wear overhead. these goggles instead. It's a great look.
2: With grace and sleight of hand, the yeah, but, but Lakers just outplayed the
1: Pistons game two. Yeah. The Pistons hung in there. Now this video is going to work. Yeah. George Blaha is going to commit a factual error in a minute. 2 years ago Daly's men gave up 100. So the Lakers are going to get a completely BS uh, gift at the end of this game but it's not Blaha way This defensive excellence also did wonders for the Pistons transition game. Gosh, look at the ball movement. I love it. Pistons were fighting back in the fourth quarter. They got it down to five points with, uh, Edge in the fast break. I think, a minute and a half left. The lane in tallying his
2: most productive game of the finals. Detroit came back from a 12-point deficit, but Magic's fourth-quarter running hook reclaimed a slight Laker cushion.
1: Yeah, Lakers are up by five. ...however missed the mark and positioned Rodman for a breakaway. Okay, now I'm gonna be very clear on this play. It was an air ball. and LA to a fresh shot clock and the not true. They did not reset the shot clock for LA. It was set at five seconds, and Magic was fouled immediately on the inbounds. So George is kind of covering up for the fact that the Pistons fell asleep on the ensuing inbounds play. Now, yeah. the entire thing was BS because uh, Worthy threw the ball away to Rodman. They should have uh, they should have made it Pistons' possession, but they didn't. The Lakers shouldn't have gotten the ball back, but it wasn't like what George says. Game three was truly a homecoming as 40,000 back Detroit, while East Lansing had divided feelings about- And the, the Lakers won game two by 12 points, so it sounded like it was close. The big issue was how the Lakers
2: would fare on the road after two struggles in Utah and Dallas. Initially matters were not improving in the Silverdome. Piston- yeah, this was this was the, the first
1: NBA Finals game played in but the, in the Detroit area. It, it just couldn't have gone worse. James they kept it close, and then in the third quarter, the Lakers the just blew it open. Quarter, then lost its
0: with a Chuck Daly ejection,
2: Chuck got ejected. Yep. Isaac, the agonizing, crushing blow and a Pistons
1: defeat. Yeah, Lakers got the one road win they needed, and Pistons. Isaiah was actually clearly hurting in in Game uh, Four. But he played like he, Isaiah put on like a Russell Westbrook special in this game. Like he, he could he was not scoring, he couldn't shoot, but he was just, he was still arguably the best player. He
0: took a beating during this season. I mean, he did plenty of it.
1: Isaiah took a beating every year. He was so small, but he, he played the contact. It looked like Allen Iverson, except that Isaiah played defense. The defense was in top
2: four the Lakers for 16 turnovers. In previous series, they choked off Jordan and Bird, and now had to
1: smother another dominant player. Magic. Johnson. Yeah, this was. Must have felt as if... LA had just played their best game of the finals. This is the Pistons' best game of the finals. Was their response? I mean, the they Lakers needed to have it. Right up in the Silver Dome's 90-degree heat. Yet the. Pistons... I need 90 degrees. It's insane. With just 14 LA points. It was not designed for to be holding sporting events <laughs> indoors in June. To an earlier incident when rough play sent Isaiah to the ground. Isaiah for this game shot just two for seven, had 12 points and nine rebounds or excuse me, 12 assists and nine rebounds.
2: In hindsight, this worked to the Pistons' advantage as LA's only effective player eventually picked up his fourth personal foul. Lost in the fray was Isaiah's ability for sucking up the pain.
1: And we're about to see one of his two baskets right here. It's just an FU three.
0: Dagger. Detroit's 11
1: 86 shellacking. 20, they beat L.A. by 25 points. A possible no-show led Detroit in both assists and rebounds. Yeah, led, led the team in both assists and rebounds. The Dantley family
2: was there to support A.D. in the final home game of the season. Noticeably absent was Lynn Thomas, who gave birth the night before game five isaiah stayed up a full 24 hours to witness the delivery of his wow son. plus that and the new all the injuries and then yep. that of the world isaiah's understandable fatigue appeared to rub off on his teammates the defense was a step too slow as the lakers opened up yeah but they turned it
1: up the last three quarters oh god did they turn it up I think the Lakers were up, what, 16 to 2 to start this game? 14 to 2?
0: 15 to 2. <laughs> 15
1: to 2. Yeah, it was almost tied at the end of the first quarter. With the offense in idle, the Pistons called This was another bring them Team A has younger legs than Team B, and they just used the extra energy to their advantage.
2: Form, but he was still at his irrepressible best. His success
1: had a domino effect on Dantley. I guess Vinny just keeps him down his own rebound. Troubled worthy on the bench. No Laker could match up. A oh, yeah.
2: After 12 seasons in the NBA and two games away from the title.
1: Yeah, both teams shot roughly the same percentage in this game. Uh, but let me tell you the, the top four rebounding leaders in this game. He was no joke. Uh, Adrian Dantley, now, Bill Ambeer, everywhere. John Salley, Dennis Rodman. The, the top four in right? to this game were all on the Pistons. 53-31 to, <laughs> uh, 53 to 31 in the glass in this game. The Pistons just pounded the crap out of the Lakers. They were a tough team in a tough town. That's why they won this game.
2: A blue-collar work ethic that made Detroit great. And that dedication was the foundation of a 10-point Piston victory.
1: from wearing a championship ring. I always thought it was poetic. The final game ever played in the Silver Name was a final victory. Ten memorable seasons in the Yeah, you gotta show. love it. Yeah. They were not really memorable seasons. The At shows. least, you know, six of them. Eight the of them.
0: back and Road and uh, Billy Crystal, all those guys up there, they're watching us.
1: You could argue the Pistons had more memorable games in the Arena than they did in the Super but Celebrity Playoffs. Standing had no bearing before 1987. So. The Pistons
2: knew series momentum was clearly in their favor, and that this was the one contest
1: they had
0: to win. John Sally should have been a full-blown movie star after basketball. I don't
2: know.
1: It just it never happened. It wasn't for lack of trying. Yeah,
0: he definitely. I mean, he was in Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2, and he did some other stuff, but I don't
2: know. Entertaining the guy. Into the court. And went deep into his playbook to thrust LA to a halftime
1: lead. Yeah, this was a game where the Lakers were playing with desperation. And it was their will against Isaiah Thom- Thomas's will, and Isaiah Thomas's will was winning.
2: ship looked ill-fated until detroit's comeback train was abruptly
0: derailed well
1: you know it's it obviously specific this is actually, maybe the most memorable third quarter in nba finals history yeah
0: I, it's right maybe one of the most memorable performances minutes, of all time i mean just in basketball really history yeah it's gutsy. On Definitely one of the gutsiest Understand performances I've ever seen. Leadership was critical
1: for the now, granted, immediately after you suffer an ankle sprain, your ankle hasn't swelled yet, so you still have your mobility, but there is a lot of pain. Yeah, you can so feel it, it. The rest of this game for Isaiah was mainly about being able to tolerate the pain threshold.
0: And we're talking about 1988 Thomas basketball shoes. Not the most comfortable shoes he already
2: soared to the basket and doggedly busted his tail
1: from end line to end line but this is just one of many examples of a guy that was so obsessed with with winning with the thing that uh, basketball fans all want uh all idealize players as is is being a guy that will do anything just to win because that's the the purest the best thing about the sport and I, isaiah not a perfect player, not a perfect person. He, he absolutely. uh, Let's see. He came closer to that ideal than I think any other player uh, ever. Like you could consider Willis Reed, you know, on one, literally limping around on one leg, but he's, you know, he scored four points and didn't play very much. Uh, Isaiah, (laughs) Isaiah was a badly sprained uh, left ankle, man. And he's just, he's setting an impact. NBA finals record that to this day still hasn't been touched.
0: So uh,
1: I got, I have to, I
0: have a little confession here. Um, okay. I, I got this tape when I was pretty young. Um, okay. Uh, so I, I, so George Blaha says, says here just a second ago, he says, Isaiah uh, busted his tail from end line to end line. Yeah. So when I was a kid, mind you, I, I, you know when you're a kid you 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 hear things and you think oh okay well that's you know i thought george blaha was saying that that was isaiah's injury that he busted his tail from end line to end line like oh man that's
1: that's just another word for for uh baseline
0: i I know i know but as a kid i'm like god a a busted tail from end line to end line that's got to be horrible how many games did he miss after that so that's my uh that's my story
2: Heightened Isaiah's sense of awareness. He was practically flawless in the third quarter,
1: in which his 25 points. Like these shots, like Michael Cooper has six inches. Yeah, there's no way he's should more be making than, that. Probably more than that when you include the wingspan. And he's backing him in and shooting a post fade it from the corner.
0: It's just but a shame you
2: know, they, they didn't win this game.
0: Yeah. The
1: yeah, this this could have gone down as the most iconic performance in NBA history. Most teams. But the Pistons continued to like this, if you look back, and I, I said this on Twitter before, but this, this game essentially decided who the greatest point card in NBA history was. Because yeah. if Isaiah wins this game, then he has a 3 P to his, to his resume. Magic doesn't even have two. And he's Listen. doing it in Detroit while well, Magic did it in LA with Hall of Famers. Uh, I'm not that... Rodman is the Hall of Famer or Dumars, but they're, they're not Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Plus, Isaiah doesn't hurt. And plus, Isaiah would have done it hurt, and then he would have beat Magic Toys in the finals. So maybe Magic, all things considered, is still the greatest point guard of all time, considered if he loses the this series, but. Hey, the I Red Wings lost. Of, four to one. There are a lot of arguments that would have been made to this thing.
2: Gently and Thomas collided off the inbounds. The play was out of sync. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know who screwed this up. I, I still can't figure it out. Joe
2: managed to shake free, but
1: all five Other than both AD and IZ, I the play was Trump for them, apparently.
2: Suing loose ball. With a championship almost in hand, Detroit had to question its fate, while LA counted its lucky stars.
1: And this was... So so bad for the Pistons because even though they had another game, yeah, having having two nights for that ankle to swell up, you're not going to be able
0: to play.
1: Like Isaiah played, but you're not going to have any mobility and it's still going to
2: hurt. Right.
1: Like Isaiah, Isaiah tried, but he just did not play well in Game Seven.
2: Isaiah's unexpected presence was again an inspiration to teammates. Thomas fought back the pain. To well, it
1: was, and in the second and third quarter. Lakers took advantage of the fact that Isaiah wasn't moving. But few can escape the Lakers' third quarter. Like, the Pistons actually had a halftime lead, and then the Lakers just blew it open. in the third quarter. Behind Worthy's MVP, California. Is there any reason why we're doing RoboCop music here? I have to ask that. I've been wondering that for 30 years. Uh, go out Detroit Legend RoboCop. Why are we playing RoboCop music home. for the Lakers? I love Ron Rothstein was a great assistant. <laughs> Maybe not the best head coach, but... They to quit. And this is where an Isaiah Thomas leaves the game early in the fourth quarter and then the Pistons bench immediately goes on a massive run. I'm not just. I'm not saying that that's the reason why, but they were better equipped to run and play defense.
0: Right.
1: At that point. And they they very well could have won this game if Dennis Rodman just doesn't have one of the ultimate brain farts that nobody remembers. Detroit
2: staged an unbelievable 13-point comeback and looked to tie the game with a minute remaining. But like game
1: six, the Pistons' critical play was. And why is Dennis Rodman taking a pull up 18 quarter? Right. Defensive? It's just not. Not it, not Dennis. It's yeah. Not, it's not, yeah. It, it, to to Dennis' credit, he understood immediately after this game.
2: All right. He here's he here's
1: he where shot. I get mad.
0: Here's where. There's two fucking seconds left. On the two seconds. Pause the entire, it for a second. It's
1: two Pause seconds for a second. left and the entire a,
0: lakers bench is on the floor
1: it is all right it is only a three point game here right it is only a three point game the pistons are only down by three points with with 2 seconds left now they don't have a timeout they can't advance but they're only one, they're only down one possession and they have possession so why are we storming the court and celebrating when the pistons are one long shot away from tying the game and sending it right. over time it's unbelievable why are they and to this day, I wonder if Isaiah doesn't think that he should have just run over one of the Laker players that was on, that were on the court. He should have just run one over and it would have been a technical foul, at minimum.
0: Look at that. There's reporters on the floor. There, there's a camera yeah. guy right here. Everyone is on the floor. There's two well, but no, but Look, there's the
1: Laker bench. The Laker bench is on the floor. The
0: entire Laker so, bench. Yeah.
1: Some people over here. I, I have to ask Isaiah if, if that thought ever crossed his mind, like why not just take the ball and just plow over a player that should not be on the floor. And then that's an immediate technical foul. And then all of a sudden now you're down two points with two seconds left. Right. Or one or whatever. I'm just, there's so many things wrong with this picture and Isaiah kind of, I think bails them out by not, he just tries to score like there's nobody on the court or it's, it's a regular point of the game. I don't know. I I think magic kind of ripping the ball away from him might've been a foul, but whatever. Let, let's
0: he, he he like trips. He trips him. I mean, yeah.
1: No. Like he. Okay. I, you know what? I never. I never saw a great angle that showed that he was tripped, or he just grabbed the ball and fell. And it's just ridiculous. You know, there's a certain mindset being created now by the Detroit Pistons. That people look at
0: Detroit and say, "This is how." I this mean, team is. the Lakers he may even, have very well still won, this but like you're going to have to yeah. should have had a Style chance to game. at least advance the ball downfield in which is
1: very yeah. to do. get a shot even in defeat though it's the stuff that dreams are made of keith yeah this was such a great video though even in defeat you you come away with so much respect uh for what the pistons accomplished that season yeah well that's uh that's gonna
0: do it um you know i i i'm sorry that that's not the entire video that's the only access we really had to it uh Keith has it in his vault somewhere but then it's like how do you know how do we how do we pull that out of there and but
1: yes it covers it covers the main points of the season yes um it, it covers the, the things that were cut to... out would, would be something that i would consider bonus features there's a little music video uh there are Off the court interviews with uh, Isaiah Thomas, um, Bill Ambeer, Adrian Dantley.
0: Well, there's Uh, there's,
1: John Sally does some fun stuff during the finals, but this video includes all of the on court stuff. There's the uh, hey, AD, 1988 season.
0: There's the hey, D, what is it that you mumble to yourself at the free throw line? Uh, Still makes me laugh all these years later. Still never got the answer to that question. But. That's that. That is today's episode of bad boys and beyond. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys it. I'm sure we will try to do these a rewatch at some point again. Uh, maybe we can pull the game out of the vault and hope YouTube doesn't uh, decide to kick us off. Um, I don't know. We'll figure something out. We'll, watch, well maybe we'll pull out the 2004 Pistons uh, year end review and watch that. That's a great video as well pretty sure that is on the internet somewhere i think it's on hulu if i'm not mistaken um so we'll 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 try some of this stuff again later uh please please be patient with us this is our first time doing a video podcast so i hope it turns out well for everybody and hope everybody enjoys it as for next week we are back doing the draft again we've got a special guest with us lazarus jackson laz as he's known to his friends from uh, Detroit bad boys is going to be joining us for the 2005 NBA draft. Very much looking forward to that one. Uh, We will see you guys then. Oh, wait, Keith's got something.
1: No, no, I'm waving waving goodbye.
0: Keith's waving. I'm going to wave too. Bye everybody.